what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Stepping Up Service. I am Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, joining you once again for our second episode. And with me, just as in the first round, is Ed Gagnon, President of Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing? Doing great today. How are you doing, Alan? Doing fine. Good. Doing fine. Good to see you again. And uh, we got some great feedback on the first episode, and we had a lot of fun recording it. So looking forward to uh, continuing our conversation here in the second episode. Now, Ed, we talked a little bit last month, and really last month was kind of setting the framework of what the mentality of is, is of the show is, that we are talking about customer service. We're talking about ways people need to think about customer service, ways people can work on improving it, uh, some of the changing nature of customer service. We, we really kind of gave a good foundation last month. What I'm hoping we're doing going forward, and this month will be no exception, is to take a question or a topic and really try to dig a little deeper into it. So... What I'm, what I'd like to see us do today is we're going to talk about the importance and the changing nature of customer service over the years. Uh, they kind of go hand in hand. I think we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, why is customer service important? That may seem like a no brainer, but you know, there's probably some things that we all need to be keeping in mind with customer service uh, and always putting it in the forefront. And then we're also going to talk about how it's changed over the years. Uh, for better, for worse, more important, less important. We'll kind of dig into that a little bit in the various groups that are affected by how important and changing customer service is. Sure. Sound good to you? Yeah, sounds great. Great. And uh, we'll just kind of get right into it. So, Ed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to volley the first question over to you to get us started here. Okay. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, when you talk about customer service and you're trying to explain the notion of customer service as a broad concept to somebody, do you think in the workplace, in the uh, general business world, in overall, do you think that we – see customer service as important as it needs to be? Uh, in general, no. Okay. I definitely don't, especially in the in the U.S. Uh, from the perspective of what the culture is like in the U.S., how organizations operate, what's taught in MBA schools, what's rewarded in terms of uh, high-paying jobs versus lower-paying jobs, it, it, it seems like this society that we live in is very focused on sales and marketing. You know, it's the mm-hmm. sexy, the jazzy, those types of things that have the big splash. You ring the bell when you make a sale. It's the advertisement on TV or on the radio. Uh, and those types of sexy things are great. They help you to get your brand out there. They they help you to potentially acquire customers or at least generate some interest. Um, however, customer service isn't always that flashy. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't have that kind of splash. It's not... Uh, Marketing to the masses, uh, having that 30-second commercial on on the Super Bowl, it is that one-on-one interaction that you have for another person across the table, on the phone, via email, where you convey you care, where you convey that that this person is important to you. And because it doesn't have all the glitz associated with it, um, it, it's not perceived as being as important, and it's not given what I think is the – uh, the rightful place it has and, and the great value that it supplies to, to any kind of business who truly invests in customer service and, and cares about their customers. Hmm. So it, it's, unfortunately, it's probably a more of a style over substance thing, I guess, out there in the marketplace. Because I know offhand there's a lot of companies that they believe if as long as they've got a really slick website and they've got a great online uh, resources and they've got the marketing campaigns and the glitz to it, that's that should cover up any other customer service relationship issues that they need to deal with. Sure. Uh, it's, it's that mentality. And I, I agree with you there. I think 
uh, I still think there's a lot of businesses out there that don't get it. And, uh, you know, do you think that number's grown or shrunk over the years? I mean, do you think, do you think uh, more companies are on board with customer service than maybe 30 years ago? Or do you feel like the trend's going the other direction? Well, I, I think that organizations are starting to focus more on customer service and now in particular um, just because of a couple different changes that have occurred. One is the economy being bad. Uh, when the economy was bad in the early 2000s, when the economy uh, went in the wrong direction about three years ago, we noticed certain things uh, in terms of demand for services in, in the customer service world that were increasing as the economy went bad. And mm-hmm. it's because it, with such a sales and marketing-driven mindset that a lot of organizations have, when the economy's good, they're attracting customers. And if they lose, you know, 5, 10, 30% of their customers every year, what's the big deal? You have 5, 10, 30% of new customers you can go out and acquire. Mm, okay. But when the economy goes bad, there's not that backlog of customers just waiting to fill in for those that you lost. And you start to realize how precious every individual client is, how uh, in a lot of industries, 80 to 90% of the revenue that you're in this year is from last year's customers. Mm. And so just the retention aspect of it and the relationship development aspect of, of keeping your customers is so much more important, especially when the economy uh, starts to take a downturn. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a shame in a way that it takes an economy going south for, for some companies to refocus back on customer service. I mean, it is kind of a shame that that happens in that kind of cycle, but I can see also the mentality behind it too. So yeah, yeah. it is a shame that, that it takes that, but Mm -hmm. uh, I I think that's just representative of, of what our culture's like uh, in in the U S you know, very much sales marketing driven. And uh, there is a huge component of our culture that is, focused on service. You know, I care about you. I want to meet your needs, you know, and and looking at the relationship with the customer from from that perspective. But that perspective isn't sexy. It isn't that right. kind of perspective that really um, is something that a lot of people are attracted to. But uh, if people do have that kind of focus, you know, how do I care about this individual customer? And if you have a management team that understands that that is not just a good altruistic thing to do, but that type of mindset, that focus brings you dollars to the bottom line, mm-hmm. then you get more and more people uh, to, to focus on customer service. Well, and that's a good lead in then. Let's, let's, let's talk about the groups that are really impacted by customer service and the kind of the importance to each of those. And I, I know we were talking beforehand that, that we, there's three groups that we feel like that are kind of impacted the most or have the most uh, on them from the level of customer service, mm-hmm. the most impact that they feel. And talking about the company itself, uh, it's kind of what we were just leading into just then. So the importance from whether it's a bottom line, whether it's the company performance, all that, What, how would you best generalize the relationship between good customer service and companies' performance, bottom line, you know, the kind of metrics that an organization would look at? Well, that's a great question because a lot of the reasons why customer service is perceived as important in some businesses and not in other businesses is because of management looking at that from a bottom line perspective. Mm -hmm. If if management truly understands the bottom line impact of customer service, they're going to view it as being more important. And and you can look at your organization. I've talked uh, in the past about how uh, the NBA, the Pro Basketball League, brought us in to start working with their individual teams. I guess it was late 2003 because uh, they were starting to lose season ticket holders at a pretty alarming rate. And somebody put a dollar figure on retention. They said, mm-hmm. if we can increase our retention of season ticket holders by 1%, 
our average team will increase ticket sales alone by $300,000. Wow. So when you think a 1% increase in retention is $300,000 in additional revenue, then all of a sudden there's a dollar figure on it. It's that much more important. So from the company's perspective, uh, customer service helps to drive revenue through retention. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're great at customer service, you're not only retaining customers, but one major component of great customer service is to have processes that are effective and simple, and you do things right the first time. And the more Mm -hmm. efficient organizations are, the more they do things right the first time, the fewer complaints you're going to get, the fewer calls into your call center, the fewer uh, interruptions you're going to have that keep you from delivering great service. So that can actually help to mitigate your costs you know, as that's, well. That's something, I mean, it's so simple when you just said it right then, but it, I guess it never really, uh, maybe it just hasn't clicked uh, in me thinking about it. But you're right. It's the, when you have to go back and fix something, you have to go back and rework something because it didn't meet the customer's needs or you didn't understand the customer's needs, so you had to go back and change. That's all time. That is all time and resources gone down the tubes from a staffing standpoint. And you're right. So, you know, people could see customer service as, well, this is a lot of extra work we have to do or a lot of extra time involvement. But the argument is that's time on the front end that if it's done and set up right, you don't have to invest all that time on the back end when it becomes more damaging as well. Sure. Um, a lot of clients I know are, they, they really like it when a customer steps up to the plate and fixes a problem. And if you do it right, that still is a kind of a nice feather in your cap as a company. But the greater feather in your cap is if it worked right the first time to begin with right. and you didn't have to come back and fix it. So right. you're right. That's a it's a no brainer. I didn't even think about it in terms of that. But you're right. That's a, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. What, what's the greater story where whenever I go there, they call me by name, they meet my need, they anticipate my needs. They do it right the first time, a minute now quickly. You know, they have a great attitude. They care about me. Is that the better story or is it? Well, the last five times that they've screwed up my order, they, they fixed it pretty quickly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's yeah. the better story about sure. your company? Sure, exactly. So. I mean, yeah, you, you hear all these great uh, customer service stories about somebody doing great damage control. And, yes. you know, yes, that's always going to happen. But uh, you're right. You don't want to be known as the firm that always does great damage control. Right. You'd rather not have the damage to, to control in the first place. Exactly. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So from really a customer, a company standpoint, I mean, uh, people running a business, whether it's a one-person shop or a multi-million dollar uh, business, you know, the idea of making sure your customer service processes and the touch points that your customer has, Mm -hmm. making sure those are solid and work from the onset does have an impact on the bottom line of the organization. Because if it's set up right, you don't have those staff people or uh, anybody having to do damage control, spending the time reworking it, fixing it, correcting issues, whatever it may be, it runs. And right. if it runs right, it's more efficient. More efficient means less cost, right? So, right. Yeah. And if you think about what the customer bases their opinion on, you know, they, they base their opinion on uh, the attitude of the employees and the processes. Is it easy to work with this company? And then, they, obviously, the actual product or service itself. So uh, if you think about those three characteristics, two of those are customer service related. It's the attitude of the employee. It's a process that the customer experiences. And if you can make that aspect of your business great, you know, your customer service is fantastic, and whenever I go to this business, I have great service. So the customer starts forming an opinion of this organization. They do things right the first time. They have a great attitude. And when I talk to my buddy, I talk to my spouse, I talk to my coworker, I'm going to talk up this business. So uh, the business impact on the company is, sure, they, they can do things right the first time and mitigate their costs. Sure, they can retain the existing client. Uh, but also, that word of mouth that generates referrals, generates new business, is enormous. And, okay. and, and most companies will tell you their best 
uh, form of advertising is word of mouth. And sure. that's because you have somebody who's heard something great. It's come from an actual customer. There's a little bit of realism in there. But it, it's a relationship that that uh, prospective customer has that led them to your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anything you can do in the actual experience with your customer to foster the, this great opinion that your customer has will actually be generating uh, additional new customer prospects for you. So so impact of the company is the efficiency and the operations and making sure you don't have to go back and fix things is a time saving. Yes. And then you've got that reputation, word of mouth impact out there that obviously is going to help with marketing and sales and all those other activities. Right. right. So, yeah. so you have positive revenue impacts with retention and referrals. Mm-hmm. You have positive cost management impacts. And there have been studies done. I think Harvard Business School did one many, many years ago that said for every one percent you can increase your customer retention you're going to look at a profitability increase of 20 to 30 percent so it's one of those situations where if you can increase your revenue um, through your existing clients that's huge because you don't have to do a lot of advertising and marketing to acquire those clients Mm -hmm. Um, when, when you're generating revenue by delivering services to existing clients obviously there's a cost to deliver that service but you're not having to incur additional fixed costs so right the, the most profitable uh, new revenue that you can generate is that new revenue that you generate from existing clients. Mm, yeah. Okay. That makes perfect sense. I mean, it's a, uh, and there again, I, I, you know, there's a lot, there's so many books and training courses and publications out there talking about the importance of customer service. But I think sometimes you got to connect those dots and you've got to see that customer service to dollar profitability impact to really make it connect for some people. Right. And I think on the company side, it's those two things. It's operations and it's marketing and reputation and how those two feed together. Right. The money, the branding. All right. Yes. Right. Are you familiar with uh, Zappos? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The company, uh, online company that sells shoes, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but they've got just this renowned customer service mentality and yeah, it starts from the top down. I mean, the CEO of the company is the one pioneering it and mm-hmm. even responding to some customer questions sure. very directly. And I think it's great. It's, it seems to be a company that gets it, that understands this is important to us mm-hmm. and we're going to set ourselves apart. And, you know, it's a, it's a great example of somebody that, you know, as an organization, they recognize the importance of customer service. And because they do, that's the first name that pops in my head when somebody asks me about a shoe retailer now. Yes. You know, it is. And uh-huh. so it's automatically meeting that second uh, thing about the marketing and branding you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know anything about their financials. I would, I would assume they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? But I would, I, would have, I would have a hard time believing that they're not with the kind of customer service mentality they seem to be pushing out there. Right. And that, that's probably a good segue into another area where customer service is very important. And that's, it's very important to the employees as well. And, and it, it can be for several different reasons, but just to kind of focus on Zappos for right now, um, they, they have uh, one policy, I guess you would call it, that uh, really makes them stand out uh, in terms of how they try to create the kind of culture that they want in their organization. They actually bring their employees into the organization. They'll go through this orientation process, and they get them exposed to the culture and what it's like to work there. And mm-hmm. and these prospective employees literally work with Zappos, and they, they get – the, the, the feel of what the experience is like. Uh, prior to fully hiring these folks, coming from maybe a prospective employee and going through this whole probation period to becoming a, a full-time employee, they actually offer to pay the prospective employee money to leave. 
Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be a hundred, two hundred dollars. Now I think it's literally two to three thousand dollars to say to this employee. Now you you can stay with us. We're ready to hire you at this point. Sure. You, know, you 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 obviously fit in well with our culture, and we'd like to have you. But you know we'll pay a couple thousand dollars right now to leave. <laughs> and the reason why they used to offer a hundred to two hundred dollars, and now they offer two to three thousand dollars, is that. The employees continually reject the offers. Yeah. They want so much to be a part of this culture. They want so much to participate in this environment and and to deliver the kind of service and to have the kind of relationships that Zappos is all about mm-hmm. that they're willing to forego that that chunk of change to be a part of something greater. So, yeah, that's uh, great. You know, the, the culture of the organization is very important in customer service. You want people to, to be hired who have that kind of mentality. I want to serve others. I want to help others. People who can communicate well, face-to-face, phone, email, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and from the employee's perspective, it's beneficial to them as well uh, to be great at customer service. You can think about think about a couple different examples. Here's a hypothetical example of an employee who works in an organization that's terrible okay. at customer service. Mm-hmm. They, they walk in to start the day. They they want to do a good job to start the day. Five minutes into the into the day, they have to stop everything they're doing because there's this irate customer in front of them, and they're right. ranting and raving. They're throwing a fit. So the employee has to stop what they're doing, 20, 30 minutes, deal with this this customer, and go back to their work. And this happens on and on through the course of the day. Keep getting interrupted by these IRA customers. Right. And occasionally they have to ask a coworker to help, but the coworker is fighting their own fires mm-hmm. and they can't help. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they have to ask another department to help, but the other department ha- has their own uh, focus and goals and priorities, so they don't really help you out. And, and maybe it's a situation where you know this employee needs to go uh, follow up and complete some work that a coworker did, but mm-hmm. it seems like everybody does things their own way. Yeah, so sure. the first employee has no idea where the second employee left off and how to follow mm. up. And, yeah. and the backlog started the day was small, but by the end of the day, it's huge. It's frustrating. Yeah, and when you think about employees who are in that kind of a situation, you start to realize the impact that a terrible customer service environment can have on the employees. Oh, we no do, kidding. Yeah. We, we do this exercise a lot with um, – clients, especially if it's some kind of customer service training, and they continually say, if I had to work in that kind of an environment, my stress would be through the work yeah. roof. Mm-hmm. You know, the workload, it would be unmanageable. There would be no flow to the work. The people would start saying negative things about our organization. You know, they're disorganized. They don't care about the customer. They don't know what they're doing. Employees would start clashing. There'd be a lot of uh, tense feelings there, very curt, short um, discussions. So it's one of those situations where it's not just important to the company from a bottom line perspective, but to the individual employee, if you can become great at customer service or find a company who cares about it, your stress levels will be lower. You know, your uh, workload I, will be more manageable. There will be a lot of other benefits. All right, I'm setting you up a softball here because okay. I, I completely agree with you. But what would you say to the person, uh, the employee, that is working in an organization that says, but you know what? To, to really put forth that best customer service experience is a lot more frustrating for me time-wise. I'd rather just nose in and do my job and not be interrupted by having to fix problems or having to work on efficiencies or whatever. You know, I could see some people arguing that, that uh, I've even encountered some of those people who say (laughs) trying to go over and above customer service expectations is hard work. And that's a lot of extra time for me. What's your argument there? I mean, I know what your argument is going to be. Like I said, it's a softball, but go ahead. I'll let you run with it anyway. Well, well, there's a couple different tacks you can take in, in, in fighting that argument. The first is that 
Um, if we don't do a good job of resolving issues, we don't do a good job of meeting the needs of the customer, eventually that customer is not going to be there anymore. Right. So yeah, granted, your workload might be easier, but it's because you're losing customers. So, sure. I mean, we, we need to understand the business impact of poor customer service. But mm-hmm. more personally, a lot of times when people ask questions like that, it's because they have a short-term vo- focus versus a long-term focus. Mm-hmm. Organizations that care about customer service, care about the long term. So this employee might be looking at it and, and going, you know, why should I spend an extra five minutes trying to help resolve this issue? Um, you know, why, why should I try to do things right the first time or standardized to this process? You know, why should I try to do these things? It just uh, it costs more time now. Well, maybe it might cost uh, a couple more minutes now, but if you do things right the first time, you're not going to get that person calling back. Yeah, You know, right. if you um, are doing things right and, and the person has a good experience, then they're going to come in with a positive attitude. But it takes a lot longer to deal with a customer who walks in with a negative attitude yeah. than to deal with a customer that walks in with a positive attitude. Well, I think that that was I like the way you put that with the short term versus the long term view. I think that is really the problem with a lot of companies. They they may say, "Oh yes, we're, we're customer service is important to us, mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that you answer calls as quickly as possible. We want to make sure you try to resolve questions." But if you're not looking at that long term approach, and then you're not doing the front end work to make sure your systems are designed to handle better customer service, then yeah, employees are going to get burnt out because even though they're being, they're being told respond to this question quickly and yes. solve these problems. But if you keep having more and more problems that you're having to respond to quickly, that's another way somebody's going to get burnt out. Sure. So those employees thinking about the short term, they're wondering, well, why should I invest this much time to get this kind of uh, new system set up or these new efficiency put in place or this new uh, experience for the customer? Um, it's all about investing for the long term. Right. Yeah. 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 So it, from the employee's perspective, it, it's very beneficial if you have an attitude that you care about the customer, that that what what you're doing, maybe it'll take a couple extra mi- more minutes now, but maybe you have one fewer phone call. That, yeah. That's one of the big issues with call centers nowadays yeah. and how they measure their performance. Too much of the measurement in contact centers and call centers is based on time per call. Sure. Well, the the attributes that should be measured should be more based on, well, how many calls are we getting on certain topics and how can we drive down incoming call volume? Mm -hmm. Um, If you're great and you can handle the typical call in a minute, um, well, that, that might be that might be excellent. But if you're getting three or four calls from that same customer because you didn't address it right the first time, it's co- costing you three to four minutes. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. losing that customer because it's so difficult for them to get the answer right the first time, you know what is the cost of that? So sometimes we focus so much on the transaction and having the most efficient transaction that that we lose focus on the fact of how can we spend. Uh, as little time overall, instead of as little time on a transaction, as little time overall uh, in meeting the needs or serving the customers to retain the client. You know, how, how can we yeah. balance that from a long-term perspective? You're kind of forecasting one of my uh, my customer service example that I'm going to have towards the end. Oh, okay. So that's a good good lead into that. So, uh, and I didn't I didn't take your example with Zappos, did I? No. Oh, good, sure. good. Okay. I thought about it as soon as I said it. I was like, oh, if that's Ed's example. At the, because we tried to do at the end of the episode uh, an example of a good or bad customer service experience we've, we've encountered. And uh, yeah, I thought about it as soon as I said it. I'm like, Zappos would be an easy one to talk yeah. about if you've ordered any shoes from them recently. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, Sports to entertainment, music to community. 
All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. So we talked about the importance to the company, and we've started to dig into the importance to the employee as well. I mean, I think we're, we're making the case that, you know, of course, those two are going to go together, and that if employees are happier and serving better, obviously, that's going to have an impact on the bottom line for the company as well, right. and, and vice versa. If companies doing better, they can reward employees more, so mm-hmm. it's a big synergy thing as well. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's kind of turn to the, I guess, the obvious group is really the customers. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, you know... The importance of the customer, I think it, it it's probably the most obvious of all those groups about why good customer service is important. But do you think these days that customers, and we kind of alluded to this last month's episode, I think we can repeat a little bit of it if we need to, but do you think that customers today, consumers, are valuing or expecting more in terms of customer service than ever before? And how would you best summarize the importance of customer service to, the, to today's consumers? Uh, th- those are good questions. Just in terms of um, are they expecting more? Uh, I don't know as if they're expecting more, but they expect it differently. From yeah, the yeah we kind of talked about this a little bit last month as well. I think the idea of, you know, they're expecting it to be you know a little more immediate. They expect to have a little more connection points with all the technology available sure. and all that as well. So sure. yeah, because yeah. if they can go Google something, they can go online, they can pull out their iPhone, and they get quick response. When they're talking to somebody on the phone, they expect quick response. So right. may, maybe in terms of how they expect it to be delivered, the speed, uh, they're a little more focused on that than in the past. And um, you can even look at situations where because so much of interactions with companies today are high tech. You know, it is the web app, it's the iPad, it's the internet, it's whatever the case might be. When they finally do have those interactions with an employee one-on-one, face-to-face, on the phone, uh, they want it to be high touch. I mean, Mm -hmm. they can get so much more of their questions answered, so much more information via... Uh, means that do not require that that direct interaction. So that means that we have fewer of the face-to-face of the telephone interactions with companies than we have in the past. So each one carries that much more weight. I mean, if you have an experience with a company and 20, 30 years ago, every time you talked to this company, it was because you had a face-to-face visit. It was because you had a phone call. If you have one or two or three you know, kind of iffy or, or poor experiences out of 30 or 50, you're going to cut the company some slack. Right. But, but if you're always getting your information on a business and communicating with them uh, via the web and, and looking at their site and gathering information from those more passive means, when you have that active, that interactive, that dialogue with the customer or excuse me, with the company, you know, only once or twice, and those one or two experiences are horrible, yeah. that's going to have a huge negative impact on the brand uh, and, and the customer's opinion of that business. All right, I'm probably going to get us down a little bit of a, a path that uh, I know we talked about for a future episode. I really want us to dig into the idea of online customer service and social media and the impact it's having. And we're kind of uh, tiptoeing with it now, but I'm really curious your thoughts on some of these companies now. That When you think about the big companies that are t- uh, interacting with a lot of people, I think about the Facebooks and the Googles, yeah. you know, because I mean, of, of touch points, I don't think you can read, I don't think you can match them. I mean, they have the most touch points with the most number of consumers out there. Sure. Free services, but it's still a customer service environment that's needed because you want to retain those users. Yes. My concern's been that these two in particular are two services that uh, you don't really have any direct interaction with anybody from those companies with right. regards to questions, 
problems or anything. And those are also the ones where if a new service gets released or a new uh, feature or a new change to a policy, it's just kind of done. And you might find out about it afterwards as opposed to really clearly identifying why. How Help me understand, you know, is this just a matter of consumers are dealing with it because they have to, because these are the big guys out there? But is this could this be a problem in the coming years as people are really looking for more of that direct interaction, that some of these online services that don't have any direct interaction are – going to have to shape it up or or people move along what, what's your thoughts on that uh, well well that's a good question the um, companies that that are delivering products and services in any kind of industry uh, when when customers evaluate those businesses customers are evaluating the attitude of the employee the process the product these are pure product driven organizations yeah. I mean it's not about customer service and quick resolution to needs i mean they'll they'll put the f a q s out there mm-hmm. and some kind of a knowledge base out there for self service um, but but they're not there to actually respond to and guide you through on an interpersonal level um, when they do do that it's maybe Google sending out an advertisement and we'll have this uh, account representative waiting to help you spend your three hundred dollars sure right on some ads but it, yes, they could be losing business yes, they probably are are losing some business, but their business is all about a product. Okay. Um, and so th- they realize that's just a cost of doing business is I'm, I'm going to lose uh, a lot of customers, but you know, our product is basically a web-based passive online mm-hmm. research tool. Okay. You know, they have all these other applications as well now, but sure. um, you know, th- that's basically our product. And if people don't like it, you know, they- they're welcome to go elsewhere, but we, we know what our discipline is. Our discipline is developing free web apps and mm-hmm. leveraging those to generate revenue and through advertising and other means. Um, and that's what we're going to focus on. We don't care. So there's definitely a risk. There's a, a cost to, to not caring about that aspect of customer service. And they're just willing to take the risk to do that. Wow. So. Interesting. And I just I, I always find myself just I'm so curious about what the future holds for some of those groups because, uh, you know, you look at some other free online services i'm thinking like uh, myspace i guess was one that right. you know that was running the uh, it was the top of the crown for a while i mean that was the big one everybody was uh, everybody was using and all of a sudden people found a better one and right. moved right along so i think you're always running a little bit of a risk in that if you have that service out there that's just purely a service and a product and not not meant for any kind of interaction not meant for any kind of true customer service element to it um you always run that risk. You find yes. run the risk that somebody can just come up with a better a better product, and boom, you lose everything right, right. away. Right. And, and uh, we started our discussion by talking about the company and the bottom line impact. And if mm-hmm. they if the management sees a bottom line impact, that's what drives a focus on customer service in most businesses. Well, the Googles and Facebooks of the world they they have not had a management team that has lost enough revenue. Uh, to really say, you know, this has a financial impact yet. Mm-hmm. They're still heavy marketing, advertising driven, put out the free software and see who who uh, grabs it. And, and that's just their philosophy, their their way of doing things. And, and it's hard to argue with that being the core of what they do, but it's easy to argue with that being all that they do. I actually just wrote down, I, I think uh, I'd love to spend a little time on a future episode, even talking about the mechanics of customer service in a free service world because it's a whole different dynamic. I mean, like we're talking about there is you're offering something for free. You're giving it out there for the world. 
uh, how does that change the scope of customer service? How does that change how customer service is perceived or is it perceived at all mm-hmm. in this situation? So I've got that on the list. Great. That'll be a future topic. I'm making notes as we go along, future ideas we can go into. So the three groups that we really kind of talked about that the impact, the importance of customer service really hits. Obviously, they're all three intertwined. You've got the company, you've got the employees, and you've got the customers themselves. One affects the other. They had, it's a very uh, a synergy type of relationship between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the customer service obviously has a huge, important role in all three of them. And you know, you need all three buying into that same customer service mentality for it to work, right? Correct. I mean, all of them have to be on the same page. Yeah, if the employee doesn't care, it's going to come across to the customer. If the customer doesn't care about it, then what's the use in the company investing? If the company doesn't care, they're not going to invest in the people and the processes and the systems to deliver great service to the customer. So right. they, they all have to have a common understanding of why it's important to move forward and really focus on it. Yeah. All right. Well, I know last month we uh, we kind of capped off with both of us giving an example of a customer service uh, experience, and we get to play the kind of the good cop, bad cop, I guess. We get to trade off one gets to yes. bring up a bad experience and one brings up a good one. I got the pleasure of having the good experience last month, so I will turn it over to you. Why don't you share with us a uh, a good customer service experience you want to highlight, and then I'll get to play, play the bad guy and, and go the other direction. Okay, great. And and uh, this particular story uh, is about a friend of mine. Um, uh, it's actually one of my wife's uh, best friends, and uh, she has a daughter, uh, elementary school, and they had always talked about sometime going to Disney, but they had never gone to Disney, and, mm-hmm. and we'll just call the daughter Mary. So okay. Mary always wanted to go to Disney. And, and one day, it was um, near the end of the week, Thursday or Friday, I believe, the mom woke up at the normal time with the daughter, and instead of getting ready to school, uh, the mom said, Mary, have a surprise for you. We're not going to school today. And Mary said, why? And, and the mom says, because we're going to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And the girl's eyes lit up. She mm-hmm. was excited. They were finally going to go to Disney World. So the mom and the daughter, they went to Disney World, and they met the mom's parents there. So it was the four of them having just a wonderful time. The mom had bought these Disney princess dresses. Oh, wow. And, nice. Uh, they were having a wonderful time down there. And at one point, they decided to go into an ice cream shop on the Disney uh, campus and mm-hmm. uh, everybody got their ice cream. They all sat down at the table to eat. And just as the girl was getting ready to eat the ice cream, and this sounds like it's out of a movie, but the ice cream on top of the cone fell off right. on her dress and onto the floor. Oh, and, wow. And you could start to see the tears kind of welling up in the little girl's eyes. So the mom said, Come on, Mary. And they, they went to the restroom to go get, get the dress and everything cleaned up. When they came out of the restroom, there were two people standing at the table with the grandparents, and they mm-hmm. were Disney cast members. That's what they call them right. in, in Disney World. And, and the mess had already been cleaned up, and the Disney cast members were staying, standing there. And as the mom and the daughter walked up, one of the cast members said, um, is this the little girl that I understand had a little accident here? Mm-hmm. And, and the mom said yes. And, and uh, the cast member said, well, do you mind if I take her over to the counter with me? And the mom said, that's fine. So the cast member took the little girl's hand and Mary and the, and the employee walked over to the ice cream counter with the mom. And they talked to the person on the other side of the counter. And the cast member said, now, now this uh, little princess had an ice cream cone. There was a little accident. Um, can, can you give her a new one? And the other person said, oh, definitely. I'd love to. What would you like? And gave the girl right. exactly what she wanted. And, mm-hmm. and it was one of those situations where uh, the, the employees obviously noticed what had happened, and they were proactive in fixing the problem. They didn't rely to the custo- on the customer to fix the problem or to clean up the mess or to go get them. They were proactive, and mm-hmm. they waited 
uh, on the mother and the daughter to come out. They were patient. And then when they came out, they they were very respectful of the mother and the daughter. And mm-hmm. they treated the daughter special by calling her a princess. And they remedied wow. the situation yeah. even though it wasn't the, the ice cream shop's fault. And you look at all these different things and you start to realize why people love Disney, even if mm-hmm. there is – an issue, kind of like we talked about early on in our time together. They, they are wonderful at service recovery. They're proactive. They're respectful. They try to make it a wonderful experience. And that was one of those situations where that mother has told the story many, many, many times. It mm-hmm. helps to build the brand, build the reputation of that organization. And it was just a great example of great customer oh, service. That's, that's really nice. I, well, what I really like is is I hear good customer service examples, like even with an ice cream shop example like that, where I can see a parent – going to the counter to the employee and saying, my daughter, you know, spilled part of her ice cream cone and, you know, and I can see the employees stepping up and saying, oh, well, let us help with that and let us get a replacement or whatever. But the fact that these guys were watching and saw what happened without anybody having to come up to them and ask them to help repair it. Exactly. um, That's that extra step. Yes. I think a lot of companies feel like, well, as long as our employees respond to questions or problems in a positive manner, yes, that is a good step. You can't discount that. But it's that extra above that where you're actually watching for those things and you're taking care of it before anybody even thinks to ask about helping, getting help with it. Yes. That's really impressive. It's so. proactive versus reactive. It's anticipating versus just being passive and waiting for some customer yeah. to come to you with a need. That's great. Okay. Well, I get to I get to harp a little bit. And this is a little bit of a rant for me, but it is a customer <laughs> service rant. So I'm just going to go ahead and kind of preface it with that. And I will change the name of the company to protect the innocent. Um, it is a major national fast food chain. I'm going to change the name. Let's call it McDudley's. Okay. So you've got McDudley's out there as a fast food chain, not necessarily associated with any other fast food chain out there. I'm just giving an example. And uh, this is actually something I've noticed with a lot of chains. So I'm not even just singling out one here, but I, I'm, I'm concerned about what I'm kind of calling the, uh, the lazy generation that's starting to affect some of these places. And, and to me, this is an example of where a company says, Ooh, we can be more efficient and by being more efficient. We're actually going to be better for the customer, but it's kind of backfiring to me. Um, you pull up to the drive through window and they've got these systems now where when they detect that you're up there at the speaker, a recorded voice comes up. Hi, welcome to McDudley's. Uh, what can I do to help you today? All right, on the surface, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go ahead and give them a quick, warm, friendly welcome the minute they pull up. But the downside where it starts to backfire is that, you know, when you start talking to that automated voice, you're expecting the person on the other end to already be listening to you. Most of the time, they're not. And then secondly, the person that comes back (laughs) generally has a completely different (laughs) tone and voice than that nice little warm, friendly message you got on the front end. So... To me, that's an example of, you know, they tr- they're trying to do something that they feel like is going to make it more efficient and they're going to make it more uh, pleasing to the people. But, you know, it's an example like you were you're alluding to is almost where you try to mechanica- mechanicalize it too much to where it actually comes across really poorly. And I think that right now, I'd rather wait another 20 seconds to have a human being welcome me and know that they're going to walk me through the whole process of ordering as opposed to talking to a recorded voice which is almost so obviously let's be sugary sweet with this voice. And then you have to finish up the encounter. And sometimes you have to repeat your information because that person wasn't really listening the first time. So it's, it's a frustration for me. It's a little bit of a rant, but I do think when you were mentioning about the process and how sometimes you can take it too far and make it actually more isolating for the customer. To me, that's a great example of it. So uh, I just think uh, I see a lot of, 
drive-through chains doing their thing. Not to say that I, I frequent that many of them, but I do have two young children. So unfortunately, I do have to have to uh, go there from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that's always been, that's just been a frustration. I've noticed it more the last six or seven months than I had ever before. Right. So, and, you know. and customers are smart that if they hear the same pleasant female voice followed by somebody who sounds like Barry White, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're going to start to realize there's something going on. Somebody's trying now, to... to the estate of Mr. White, we're not <laughs> stating that your voice is not pleasing or anything. It's just, it is very different. Right. So it's, that's, that's a frustration for me. And I, I think that's a great example of just trying to do something customer service oriented, but it's, it's not connecting. It's not, it's not the way you need to be doing it. Right. And, uh, I'd much rather go to places where I know I'm going to be talking to a human being the whole time. Um, it's not that I am opposed to some of the, like, the self checkout at the grocery stores. If you make a conscious decision that you want to go self checkout, that's great. That is a good customer service Avenue, but you should always have that other Avenue of, I don't want to do self checkout. I want to talk to a human being and it needs to be a human being process. I think all the way through. So yes. you make that choice as opposed to trying to merge the two into some sort of, uh, uh, a natural fit. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Just imagine going through a grocery store line and, and you go up to the person and they press a button and then you have this voice greeting you and yeah. she doesn't say a word and then she talks to you as you're filling out your credit it's, card slip. I mean, it's just, you wouldn't do that intuitively. It sounds silly in a grocery store example. And it really is silly in the example you're talking yeah. about as well. All right. Well, good. Well, we got our got our examples out of the way. That's that's uh, something I look forward to us doing each month. So, because we we learn from our examples, we learn from what we encounter out there. And I think, you know, I think any good company focused on customer service is some of the leaders ought to be the people that are they're watching every other encounter that they're having with other companies themselves and things they're seeing out in the marketplace. What works for them? What doesn't work for them? Because we are consumers as well. Even those that run businesses, we're consumers of other products. We need to be listening and, and watching these examples and learning from it and figuring out how we can apply it to our own workplace or not apply it to our workplace in the bad examples. So, sure, great. Well, Ed, thanks a lot. I think we did. Uh, I think we uh, we covered a lot of ground today and uh, really talked about that importance and, and and those different groups that are affected the most by customer service. Uh, I know we've got a lot of different topics over the next few months that we want to cover. Maybe get in some specific industries, uh, a little bit of the online work. I'm really curious about the whole free stuff. Uh, you know, how do you apply customer service to free stuff? So maybe that's something we can talk about in a few months as well. But uh, for Stepping Up Service, I'm Alan Jackson. And this is Ed Gagnon with me. So thanks, Ed, for, for coming and visiting with us again. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. Appreciate it. And just as a reminder to everybody, thanks for listening to The Mesh. We're glad to have you here as a listener. Uh, please feel free to check out some of the other shows we've got. Uh, I will say if, you, if, you're, if you've been enjoying what we're talking about here from a customer service standpoint, we do have a show that also talks about leadership. And there's a little bit of overlap, obviously, the idea of uh, being a good leader, customer service plays a big part of that. So leadership GPS is something, uh, a show we have. And there's another show, uh, kind of an oddly named one, but uh, free range chicken thinking that has to do with applying creative thinking in the workplace. To me, those three together, these three shows, it gives you a good spectrum of information about running and managing a business and uh, some of the important things to keep in mind. Leadership, creative thinking, and uh, customer service. feels like it's a pretty nice triangle there to look at. So feel free to check out some of those other shows, and we'll be back next month with uh, Stepping Up Service, talking about another aspect of customer service, and we'll look forward to seeing you then. Thanks. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, 
Music to Community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard. 